Well, the Canucks will have to wait a little bit longer yet to get back into game action. It is the Canucks hour here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. I'm Jamie Dodd. My co-host, as always, is Canucks insider Thomas Drantz, who also covers the team for the Athletic. Canucks hour is brought to you by Avenue Machinery. Being a champion takes foresight. Build your company to win for years to come with fuel-efficient and reliable Kubota skid steers, excavators, and loaders from Avenue Machinery. Visit avenuemachinery.ca. Drancer, we're all getting used to you know, new things, new sensations these days, and I will say I never thought I'd be this disappointed about not getting a chance to watch the Ottawa Senators play hockey, but <laughs> that's where I find myself right now. We're also getting used to postponements, right? Yep. It's like we kind of know the drill, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it really is too bad. Like, it really is too bad, and we've spent a lot of time talking this week about what this upcoming road trip means for this team. And I don't know about you, but I watched the Calgary Flames just get humbled in Florida. Oh, yeah. They went down to Florida, and they got humbled, my friend. Um, Now the Canucks, having not played in 10 days, are going to go down and play the Panthers and the Lightning in over three days, right? It's it's a five and seven over the course of the trip. A who's who of the elite teams in the NHL, right? The Caps, the Carolina Hurricanes, and then the Nashville Predators. Not an elite team, but certainly the second a team hottest, playing very well. They're the second hottest team in the in the in the West, right? The only hotter team is is Vancouver, and to not get that tune up game against the Senators, to to be going into that just meat grinder stretch on the back foot is so disappointing, especially with how this team has thrashed and worked and grinded out wins over the course of the past month to get themselves, you know, in with a shot, right? In with a shot going into this dense, hard part of their schedule to not get the Senators as a tune-up. I mean, that yeah. is that is unfortunate. Unfortunate in the extreme, and I'm not shocked at all that players across the board, Vancouver players across the board, are this frustrated by how this has gone down. Yeah, we'll hear from some Canucks players, uh, Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat, as well as Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux in a few minutes here. They have spoken to the media. They were scheduled to practice at eight ranks. Instead, they just did a, an off-ice workout at Rogers Arena and then spoke to the media. So you'll hear some of what they had to say. And as you said, Drance, just the, the immense frustration. If you are just tuning in, if you haven't caught the news already... As you can probably tell, but based on our discussion, the Canucks game at home at Rogers Arena against the Ottawa Senators scheduled for tomorrow night has officially been postponed by the NHL. The news started to break this morning, and then the league and the team made it official a little over an hour ago. And the interesting thing, there's a lot of... There's a lot of reasons for fans, certainly, as well as the players and the team and the staff, all to be very, very frustrated by this turn of events. I mean... If, just to run through some of the numbers, right? I mean, that, that means they're going to go ten days between games, right? Their next their next game is scheduled for the eleventh. Three and twenty five. Yeah, Jamie. Their next home game isn't for two weeks. January twenty first against Florida. That'll be more than six weeks between home games, yeah. right? Their last home game was December fourteenth against Columbus. Yeah, they're going to go six weeks in the middle of the season without getting a chance to play at home, and that's as you just completed this incredible, enthusiastic, exciting homestand. And and turns your season around in the eyes of your team and in the eyes of fans, and then you, you're robbed of that atmosphere well, for a span of six weeks. And we're robbed against that atmosphere against the Maple Leafs right before Christmas. You know, like that yep. game would have been electric. Are you kidding me? And then also, who knows? Who knows what? Who knows whether or not this crowd will get to show appreciation to this team at all for what they've accomplished here? Frankly, because for all we know, right? The, the, 
look, it would be a it would be a miracle if the Canucks come back on a 14 game unbeaten streak. Are you kidding yes. me? If that happens, even 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 I'll start being like, ah, oh, <laughs> so 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 should the duck boat turn down Georgia or go straight into the water? Uh, you know, at at, at uh, Stanley Park. So I mean, truly, truly, it is unfortunate. It's a huge loss, and and you know, it is necessary at the end of the day. I think, in that, you know. There's a lot of competing stakeholders. There's a lot at stake. And and I know we're going to get questions like, why are the Leafs playing and not the Canucks, right? Well, you know, to some extent, to some extent, I, I think it didn't make sense for this franchise with where they're at, with everything that's gone down, with the payroll they're running, with an AHL expansion team, with new leadership, high-paid leadership, both in, in coaching and general manager's roles and um, you know, the the guys that were fired still being under contract. Like, it didn't make sense for this team to play in an empty building. I don't think anyone really wants that anyway, to be totally honest with you. And so, you know, ultimately there was a collaborative decision made between the government and, you know, the BC Health Authorities and the NHL as well as the Canucks. You know, I, I think I think it's possible that if the Senators had come out to play Seattle if there hadn't been that senator's outbreak and they'd come out and they played Seattle this week I think you you might have seen the league be like hey look, we need to just get this in but once that happened I think there was an opportunity to do a little bit of a rethink as as many games as the Canucks have had postponed you know they're roughly at par with the Dallas Stars who have had six games postponed and it are also I know they're beneath the Canucks in the standings when you sort of look at it but like that is the team with four games in hand that yep. that, that might be the most threatening team outside the playoff picture uh, in that race uh the Edmonton Oilers I think have had eight or seven and then the Calgary Flames have had 10 because yeah. they obviously had the outbreak first the first Omicron outbreak that really took down a full NHL team was was the Calgary Flames. So at least some of the teams around them in the Pacific have, you know, will face a similarly dense schedule when the bill comes due in February. But, I mean, seven games to make up is certainly a lot more than three for the Kings and three for the Sharks and four for the Anaheim Ducks. And that is a disadvantage that the Canadian teams are going to be working under. Um, and and there's four of them that could conceivably be in this Western playoff race yep. when you add Winnipeg in too. Uh, like it is it is unfortunate from that perspective as well. But look, I I mean we talked about it yesterday. It was hard to see the province of British Columbia having pulled the plug on the bubble at the eleventh hour in July 2020, right? And having been the most outspoken skeptics of the NHL restart plan ahead of the 2021 season that they would have 10,000 plus people at the game tomorrow following a week in which schools were closed like that never felt inevitable and and internally I think there was some concern and and then ultimately I think this was a collaborative decision made in part because of attendance restrictions uh, and in part because what happened with the senators created the circumstances where punting this game a little bit down the road became feasible. It, it it makes a certain amount of sense when you map it out like that, but I think one of the reasons that in some ways this one feels a little even more frustrating than some of the other postponements we've seen is because we're so close to the game. And we had heard even as as late as yesterday from Bill Daly, yeah, this is probably going to go ahead, you know? And and that was with caveats that we all were all so accustomed to putting into, a, you know, any statements about the future 
these days, but it did seem like if if the reasons you're laying out for it being postponed, you know, those those existed earlier in the week as well, right? And look, part of this is just me venting my frustration because I get it. Everyone's trying to everyone's making it up as they go along. But I think from the player's perspective as well, the other extremely frustrating thing about this is that, you know, this is not a case where, oh man, you know, eight guys on our team just got put in COVID protocol. I guess we're going to have to postpone that game. We don't have enough players. We can't even call up enough guys to fill out a full lineup, right? This is just a case where, hey, we have players. Yeah, we got one or two guys still in protocol, but we have enough players to go out there and ice a competitive team. And it's strictly for financial reasons that the game is being postponed. Well, and look, I get it. The NHL is a business. But I understand it's not, that. it's not strictly for financial reasons. I mean, you can maybe play in an empty building, but, you know, I, I do think also that the size of the anticipated Canucks crowd, right? I mean, the 50% sure. rule counts and is still in force, but there's nothing else in the province going on like like a Canucks game against a Canadian opponent on a Saturday night in Vancouver. Um, plus, capacity, remember, is not set to the number of seats like we say 10,000 but it's it's a little more right. because the actual capacity of the building is what's considered of the venue. So, you know, I mean we're going to see a, a Warriors game is going to go on tonight. We're going to see the Abbotsford Canucks play tonight. Um the Vancouver Canucks game was seen as a bit of a different beast, I think, and that was a big part of the discussion as well uh, as the two sides sort of reached what was effectively a compromise, not purely a financial decision, at least as I understand it. Yeah. And the, you know, the other side of things is, as you said, not purely a financial decision. But it was a big factor. Of course. The thing with the financial part of it is how much confidence does the NHL really have that they're going to be able to play in front of full buildings in certain, uh, you know, jurisdictions like Vancouver later in the season, right? Because I understand why you make that bet, but I look at this game in particular, and you could easily – I wouldn't be surprised at all if they reschedule this at some point down the road and you're still playing in front of an empty building or, or a building with heavy attendance restrictions, right? And then you don't even necessarily get the financial benefit of postponement. Well, the other thing is you're going to run out of runway here, right? You're you're going to run out of runway to further post, postpone games, right? It's going to be a situation where the games just have to get in to accommodate the NHL schedule as it's set with, you know, the league year formally ending July 13th and on and on, right? So uh, there's a possibility, uh, as my athletic colleague Pierre Lebrun reported today, that the season could get extended for a week. I hate to hear that based on the experience of last season. Um, But, you know, I I do think we're quickly reaching a point where the Canucks are just going to have to get these games in, whether or not there's fans or not, whether or not it's 50% or 75% or 33% or 0%. Yeah. Um, you know, at some point, those games are just going to have to get in. And, you know, I, I don't think we're far away from that point on the other side of this southeastern road trip. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. The smart alternative, visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Again, 650-650. Lots of texts already coming in. If you, you know, <laughs> look, I think the mood in the city, and again, we'll hear from uh, some players and Head coach Bruce Boudreaux shortly. The mood certainly for, with the Canucks is frustration from what I've seen reaction in our text message inbox, as well as on Twitter, on social media, has been frustration from fans. Very, very understandably so, because, hey, this team is on a heater right now. They're trying to get back in the playoff race. They've had this long layoff, and it's going to be an even longer layoff now that the news has come down. That tomorrow's game against the Ottawa Senators has been postponed because of attendance restrictions lots of texts coming in this one says uh, it's a little bit ridiculous restrictions are only going to become heavier what happens if the team has a shutdown due to an outbreak later uh, that texture also goes on to say 
Uh, excuse me, no, it's a different texter who then says uh, this could impact health and safety of the players when they start having to cram games in later in the season. That, and that is right. That's absolutely correct. Th- th- and there's a density element that you have to be really cognizant of managing, especially as the Canucks, you know, try to figure out exactly who's starting which game and yep. on and on, right? I mean, it's going to be tough. And it's not as simple as, oh, well, they have that three-week Olympic break and just plug in, you know, the Canucks are at seven games, right? So just plug those seven games in that three weeks because – you know, teams are traveling from different parts of the continent to come play the team. You can't guarantee that those dates that might work for the Canucks in that break will work for all of the teams that they have to make up these games yeah, against. all the teams impacted, right? So, no, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a absolute, like, challenge for the NHL schedule makers to get this to all work, to all function. And I think if you're if you're betting that this is the final interruption we're going to experience this season... Um, you're yeah. going to lose that bet. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And as you said, eventually you get to a point where you can't really factor in the attendance restrictions because you just have to play the games as much as it hurts to miss out on that revenue. And I get it. The NHL is a business. That's what they're trying to do. I understand that. But at a certain point, they will hit that mark where, look, fans or no fans, we just got to get these games in the books. Uh, 650-650 again is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Keep your thoughts coming in. As promised, the Canucks met with the media earlier today via Zoom after their off-ice workouts at Rogers Arena. Here's some snippets from Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat, and Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreau. Hey, uh, Tanner, I guess we haven't seen it officially, but it sounds like tomorrow's game is off. Uh, you know, what's what's the mood there with the, with the situation still up in the air, I suppose? Yeah, I think, I think it was just announced, actually. Um, it sucks to be honest um you know <laughs> practice all week and then you know try to gear up for a game again and then that one gets you know postponed and now we have another what five days for our next one um so it's uh you know not ideal but i guess it's the way things are going right now you're you're right the email just landed in my inbox as i was speaking um what do, you, what do you guys talk amongst yourselves? Like, how do you kind of keep yourself motivated to come to the rink every day and, and you know, have to wait a few more days before you play again? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, at least you're around the guys. You have a bit of fun. Um, like I said before, when you, you, know, you have a few days off, Monday, Tuesday, you practice. And then, you know, today and or yesterday and today, it was kind of gear up again to get ready to play tomorrow. Um, you know, just it's a lot of sitting around, I guess, waiting. I think it's just getting more frustrating, to be honest with you. Um, you know, for at least for me anyway, and I'm sure all the guys in the room, it's just just when you think, you know, things are getting back to normal and things like this happen and and uh you know, it is frustrating. Like not only do we have to, you know, worry about winning hockey games and 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 you know, getting pumped up to play and but we got to worry about, you know, whether we're going to test positive the next day or if we're going to make it home from a road trip or get left behind or, you know, there's just so many things that we have to, to worry about and instead of just going and playing hockey. And um, again, that part's frustrating, uh, especially with the things that we got going on right now. I think, you know, we're playing good hockey and, and uh, the shutdowns have been, um, you know, frustrating for us, but again, you know, we, we can't have any excuses. We can't dwell on it or, make excuses for ourselves. we got to go out and play and, uh, and try to win hockey games here. Is there anger in the group? Um, I think more frustration than anything. Just, you know, again, like we, we want to play hockey and we want to continue what we have going on here. I like, 
we were feeling good about our game and and I think this practice time has done us well to to kind of nail down the, the things that Bruce wants us to do but um at the end of the day we want to we want to play games Coach, I'm wondering if we can start with your reaction to having another game postponed well obviously we're not happy with it I mean it is what it is but uh we we want to play I mean Somehow, somewhere, they're all going to catch up to you. So, I mean, uh, um, now with this home game being postponed, that uh, I think I, I may be wrong, but I think that makes it nine games in a row on the road that we're going to have. So that's always a little bit of a difficult uh, scenario. But, you know, uh, we'll just muddle through. Other teams are doing it, so we'll do it as well. Do you have any concerns about what, the schedule could look like later in the season with so many games postponed and that will need to be made up? I mean, I think we're always concerned. We, uh, I think uh, we're all impatient and we'd sure like to uh, know um, what the schedule is going to look like in, in February or beyond. So, I mean, it's a, but I mean, we just, uh, you know, wait and see and uh, hopefully it's not too, uh, too difficult a lot of the games that we're missing are home games so i mean at least we'll be home for them we'll go to ian mcintyre sportsnet hi bruce uh, i know there there will be disappointment uh in the group when you told them the news this morning is there anger at the way this is going i i think i, I wouldn't use the word anger i'd use the word frustrated i mean uh they've practiced really hard and uh uh, but I think uh, any player would tell you that they'd love to play before they practice uh, more than they, they they like to practice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think frustrated is is the biggest thing, especially not knowing. But I'm guessing, you know, this team's gone through it before, and uh, uh, they went through it pretty, uh, you know, pretty bad uh, uh, cases of last year. But uh, and we don't want it to happen anymore. But if it's for the good of the league and good, the good of the players' health, and you know, we're abiding by it, of course. That was Bruce Boudreaux at the end, uh, Tanner Pearson and Bo Horvat speaking about the news that the Canucks game against Ottawa, scheduled for tomorrow at Rogers Arena, has been postponed by the NHL. And as I said, going into those clips, Strancer, and as you heard repeatedly throughout that clip, frustration, the word of the day for the Vancouver Canucks, and understandably so. Of course, everyone's frustrated. You're you're on this incredible run. You've got the new coach. You've finally turned your season around, and you've been robbed of the opportunity, at least in the here and now, to go out and prove that that's real, to keep consolidating those gains. That That's all those players want, right, is the chance to say, hey, this isn't a fluke. We're, we are this team, and they haven't had the opportunity to do it for a long time now. No, they also haven't had the opportunity to live normally, right? I mean, I thought the Bo Horvat answer where he focused in on – all the external things yeah. that you're now worried about, right? I mean, the 2021 season for everyone in the industry, whether you were a coach, whether you covered the team as media, whether you played, I mean, it was all of the work and none of the fun. None of the fun of, you know, being in the show and traveling yep. around and, you know, having fans go nuts about your goals and on and on, right? It was all the work, none of the fun. And then you got back to this moment where you have, like, you think about that last Canucks home game, that Columbus game, and just the way that this team was performing, the swagger returning, the swagger returning too to the crowd, right? The environment you were getting to play in. And now all of a sudden you're kind of back to this world where daily testing, right? Um, in the event that you test 
positive, you're sort of stuck in a San Diego or Anaheim hotel room, um, Fashion Island hotel room for Brock <laughs> Besser, right? So it, it just sort of becomes, you, you start to focus on things outside the game. It starts to feel a lot less fun day to day. And also there's an awful lot more distractions. There's more noise to contend with. Um, so, you know, you have to feel some sympathy, even though the lot of an NHL player is an awful lot better than yeah. than that of most of us, uh, just for the fact that, you know, like everyone else, right, there, there was this false dawn in the fall where it felt like things would proceed normally, and now we're sort of contending with a situation where, nope, not quite. Well, and even just from a competitive standpoint, Drance, that quote from Horvat really stood out to me as well, right, when he said, man, we have so many things to worry about now other than hockey. Mm-hmm. And hockey players, professional athletes in general, when they're in season, I think they tend to have a pretty maniacal focus on their sport, right? Their performance, their day-to-day process to get through the season performing at a high level, right? It, it's such an incredibly physically and mentally demanding job. You kind of have to have that maniacal focus just on that one thing. And now, as Bo Horvat said, you can't have that focus because you're being asked to consider all these other things. And all of a sudden, you know, and again, not, not that... Look, the financial considerations, I think it's clear, played a big part in postponing this game tomorrow. They weren't the only thing. But you're still kind of being asked to, okay, now all of a sudden we have to think about, like, does this, does playing this game tomorrow make business sense for the NHL, right? Like, that's entering in to your, you know, your mindset when all these guys want to do is focus on playing hockey, right? Focus on getting better. Focus on, on the next game. And they're in, in a world now where they can't do that. No. Nope. No, it's all complicated. It's all complicated. And now you throw into the fact um, that they're going to be facing a denser schedule than some of their um, rivals in this, you know, anchorman playoff race. <laughs> like, you know, it's the anchor war knife <laughs> fight that, that's shaping up in the West yeah. with like six teams having a credible chance at, at maybe making a push here. Uh, you know, the Canucks, the Jets, among that team and the team among those teams in the mix, the Edmonton Oilers, the Dallas Stars, are are all going to face a super dense schedule relative to the Sharks and the Kings, and that does hurt. Like that puts you behind the eight ball over the down the stretch too. Um, and and you know I also can't help but sort of regret the fact that as much as you know as much as we'd like to look at how the Canucks perform against the Florida teams now. And be like, well, that's a good measuring stick for where they're at and how much further they have to go, right? Um, you know, I, I think we're going to have to look at those games in context. Absolutely. Now, right? Like, the, I mean, Jim Rutherford, for example, I think this is a big loss for him, too, from an evaluative perspective. Just because how do you, you know, if you get stomped by the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's one thing. <laughs> normally. Yeah. But now it's going to be something different. It's like, well, what do you expect? They haven't played in 10 days. They've played three times in 25. Like... It's it just changes the whole mix. It makes everyone's job harder, everyone's job more complicated. Yeah, they haven't played in ten days and as three and twenty five or whatever it's going to be for them, and then they're gonna be go asked to play, you know, four and six, right? In in uh in the first stretch of that road trip. So yeah. that against the cream of the crop in the NHL. Like that's not normal. And I don't want to like pre-make excuses for the team if they lose those games because whatever you still have a fighting chance. I get that they're not going to make excuses. They're going to go in with all with every intention of winning. But it does feel like they've been kind of robbed of the chance to use those games as a true measuring stick. Right? 100%. If something if it goes really south, it's always going to be in the back of your mind. 
okay, well, is this just because of their insane schedule, their bizarre schedule that they had going into this trip? I mean, they've got those two, the back-to-back matinee games, which always seem like death for West Coast teams, right, going out to play those early East Coast games. And it's just, it was already such a difficult schedule. It was already going to be such a challenge for the team to navigate it. And now doing it with these circumstances, with the just the, the sheer paucity of games that they have played over the last, you know, three or four weeks, I don't know. It's look, I, I, we were talking just before the show and, and you were kind of saying, you know, adversity tends to be one of those extremely overused words. And look, they're not the only team going through adversity right now, but this is a lot of adversity, <laughs> like legitimately. And it's, it is an adversity for an NHL team. It's it's certainly going to color the way we're going to need to break down and analyze those games. Like, I do think we're going to need to be more forgiving of a team that now has shown us their absolute best, right? Like we've seen we've seen this Canucks team probably at close to their worst for 25 games. We've now seen them at their absolute best over 9 games. I think there's no chance we're going they may they might win games. It's not this is not yeah. results-based analysis, but it's it's going to be very very difficult to be at your best um coming out of this lengthy a break against those teams. And, and I do think that's going to have to change how we look at how this team performs. And most importantly, how Jeremy Rutherford, or Jim, I keep saying that. It's because Jeremy Rutherford yes. is my colleague out of St. Louis at the Athletic. Jim Rutherford, how, how Jim Rutherford looks at this team and uses these games to evaluate them. I do think he's going to need to be a little bit more forgiving too and account for the context of the layoff. And that's too bad. Because this is a new GM, there's a new president of hockey operations, interim GM, who's come in with, you know, expressly the idea that at the end of January, I'll know yep. enough about this team to chart a course forward. Like, how? How? Because now they've had seven games postponed, his sample is smaller, and there's no chance that those postponements don't impact what we'll see on the ice. Yeah, that's a great point. It's it's on ice, it's off ice, it's everything for the organization of the Vancouver Canucks right now. We'll continue to dive into the news of the postponement, get you a few other notes from Bruce Boudreaux's media availability earlier today as well, plus lots of your texts on the matter coming in. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Continue to get those in. We'll read a bunch of them on the other side. It's the Canucks Hour here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Welcome back. It is the Canucks Hour here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd, Thomas Trance here with you for another half hour before we turn you over to Bick and Randeep on the People's Show. Canucks Hour brought to you by Avenue Machinery. Being a champion takes foresight. Build your company to win for years to come with fuel-efficient and reliable Kubota skid steers, excavators, and loaders from Avenue Machinery. Visit avenuemachinery.ca. As I said, lots and lots of texts coming in about this uh, the news that the Canucks game against Ottawa, scheduled for tomorrow night at Rogers Arena, has been postponed. Uh, 650-650 if you want to continue sending your texts in. And uh, here's one from Grimace in Ladner. says, Kicking the can down the road is a terrible mistake, especially if more outbreaks happen. What, are you going to extend the season to July? That's ridiculous. Take the losses in revenue and move on. The The Coyotes have been doing that for 25 years. 
uh, <laughs> which is a nice little dig uh, in hey, there as well. The offensive juggernaut known as the Coyotes. Oh yeah. Oh boy. They were oh, yeah. they were scoring at will last night. It was great. What was the, their first time leading a game by more than one goal yeah, this year? It was it was really funny. Unreal. I, I was I was actually watching the game and I texted a hockey contact like a industry contact just to joke about it. Um, and, uh, and then they just kept pouring it on and the laughs were like significant. Yeah. I, I was having a lot of fun it's with a that. tough, that's a tough look for, uh, for Chicago. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Is it? Not their toughest look recently. Could, couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer organization. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You don't want to see that happen no. if it's your favorite hockey team, certainly. But if it's Chicago, maybe a lot of other people uh, probably don't have much of a problem with it. Chet and Burnaby says, man, postponing games at half capacity to maybe have to play them later in front of empty seats or not at all is some galaxy brain level stuff. Just take your lumps and move forward. And as we said in the first segment of the show, Drancer, that point where you have to stop prioritizing getting fans in the building and and start prioritizing playing the games that point will come eventually and probably sooner rather than later i think i for think the i think you might have been there if not for the uh, outbreak with the senators if not for the fact that the senators had to scrub the game against seattle earlier this week to buy themselves some time i think you might have already been at that point with this game yeah and i kind of thought they were going to be there right where you just said hey look we can this is a saturday night game we can put it on hockey night in canada we can get it in okay half attendance or whatever the attendance is isn't ideal but we just got to schedule it and as you said maybe the you know the situation with uh the ottawa senators and their specific covid outbreak was enough to kind of tilt the needle in the other way and we've had other people text in like hey bill daly was you know, on with Donnie and Dolly just yesterday saying the game's going ahead. What changed? Who knows exactly what changed. Also, do not hold anyone to consistency in this era. We are all hour to hour at every moment. You know what I mean? Like, this is a constant. The NHL is basically, and has been now for almost a month, they're basically fighting a fire at, at every moment. And so, you know, things change. And things change rapidly. And being like, well, Bill Daly said 24 hours ago. It's like, that's 24 hours. 20 and that's 24 hour to hours <laughs> and we are that's that's an eon yeah. that's an eon in this moment in time so um you know i mean the, the, the bc government canceled school four days before yeah. it came back right the, and, in ontario it was 31 hours like, and the the release from this is how we all live now the release from the canucks said that this this the decision was made in consultation with government officials health officials yeah. in bc so who knows what the word from those officials was whether the attendance might have been, been even less than 50% at Rogers Arena tomorrow. And if that played a role in getting I suspect, the game postponed. I suspect it did, especially with the contrast with the Warriors playing tonight at Rogers yeah. Arena, in addition to the Abbotsford Canucks playing tonight out at um, the Abbotsford Center, right? Uh, the the fact is, is that I, I think 50% is one thing, right, for, for most events. But 50% for a Canucks game yep. is a totally different magnitude of event, especially in a moment where, I mean, we can't really tell because our testing capacity is tapped out, but exponential growth seems to be occurring still in our community. Leaf Hater Steve texts in as well. They better be careful because I'm a diehard Canucks fan and these last minute cancellations are starting to change the way I feel about the NHL in general. I'm starting to not care. That's from Leaf Hater Steve. And I, I think that's an interesting text because navigating for these professional sports leagues, not just the NHL, but all of them here in North America and really around the world, but navigating the balance between you have to go forward, 
right? And you have to get your product in front of fans, whether it's on TV or in person to the degree you're available to, versus kind of protecting the quality of the product. That's a real difficult balance to strike. And as much as I think it does hurt the leagues to, you know, have these long gaps in a team's schedule, right? Because fans do start to tune start to tune out and look I think when the Canucks come back and if they're still playing well people are going to be plenty invested but I do think it's an interesting balance because the other part of it that we know I think did impact the television viewing experience was playing in front of empty buildings it's a drag to sit down and watch a game in an empty building it's not fun so (laughs) there's kind of you're in a rock in a hard place here if you're the NHL because yeah you want to get these games on TV for fans but you also want them to feel like real games which at some points last year, they didn't. They, they felt like exhibitions. There's something very powerful about empty seats telegraphing, even though it's not about this, telegraphing a lack of interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it just see, It's just harder to get invested. It's yeah. just one of those weird things where we're used to seeing the crowd going nuts, and if it's not there, you're like, ah, okay, this isn't, this isn't quite as good, right? But, but look, the other side of this, right? I mean, I understand. I understand for sure the fact that these last-minute postponements and the unpredictability of the NHL schedule impacts how fans get engaged. The lack of the predictable conveyor belt, frankly, impacts how I'm engaged as someone who covers the team, right? Of course it is. Because it's it's difficult, and I'm not going to write a COVID uh, update uh, at the Athletic Behind a Paywall every two minutes, you know? Like, that's not how I'm going to do my job. But uh, have you been following... Are you a Raptors fan at all? Not a Raptors fan, but NBA fan. Uh, we're not going to steal Will Lou's bit and do the Raptors <laughs> hour here, but but you know I, I'm I follow the Raptors really closely, really closely, even though they're on at 4 p.m. and we all know how I feel about that. Um, this week, this week, right? It's like I'm preparing to see the Raptors face Giannis and the Bucks. Giannis is in protocol, yeah. right? But they're pushing forward, so it's like David Nwora just like <laughs> taking 20 shots, sure, whatever, and then. And then they're playing the Jazz. Is that tonight? Yeah, that's tonight. They're playing the Jazz tonight. Rudy Gobert, right? And, and uh, half their other, the rest of their Rudy team, Gobert, basically. the genesis of all of this. I don't know if you saw the like Tom Hanks yep. is watching his back now <laughs> tweets uh, yesterday, but Rudy Gobert just entered the protocol, so it's like okay, like if you're trying to move forward or through this pandemic the way the NFL and the NBA are. It also impacts the product and our interest in it, right? Because all of a sudden it's like, this guy's out, that guy's out, Kirk Cousins is out, you know, uh, Dalvin Cook can't play in this key play- yep. like game that might allow the Vikings to make the playoffs. Like, you know, there's no right way to do this that keeps us engaged without impacting the product. And, you know, the way that the NBA and the NFL have gone about it, we lose games from star players and teams just kind of push forward. And the way the NHL is doing it, we have games that just no longer exist when we expect them, and then they get pushed into the future in a way that also is unequal between Canadian teams and American teams, and that's going to impact the competitive balance down the stretch. Like, there's no way. There's no perfect solution. There's, there's no, no one neat trick to get, keep no. your league afloat and, and everyone engaged, and there's right? an, And there's no way to maintain competitive balance in the face of a significant yeah. COVID wave like we're all working through, and it, it just... Like, truly, it just sucks. Uh, Justin Morissette here running the board today for us at the studio. Justin, what do you have to say? Uh, I just feel like they've been sacrificing quality of on-ice product, like, right from the beginning when you come back with the bubble playoffs originally. Like, you ask the Canucks and Vegas Golden Knights to play five playoff games in seven days. Now, that's probably the league not thinking that that series was going to go seven games in the first place. 
But what is that if not sacrificing the level of on-ice product just for the need to hit schedule deadlines, yep. essentially, to offer up a televised product? Yeah, it's exactly that. Uh, There's yeah. no way around it. That's exactly what it was. Well, not, not to mention last year, right? You have the Canadian teams all waiting for the Canucks to finish their season before they begin their playoffs. And so the Montreal Canadiens end up obviously punching well above their weight, but they had back-to-backs in both of their first and second round series, right? I mean... You know, that was a disadvantage for the North Division. Not to mention the fact that in, the, you know, down the stretch last season, you had mostly vaccinated American teams playing against each other while mostly unvaccinated Canadian teams were playing against each other. The level of risk that teams like the Canucks, you know, unfortunately, very sadly, were were taking on versus like the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example, who also, by the way, group got boosted. I don't know if you saw that, but the Tampa Bay Lightning as a team yep. decided to get boosted because that's the team that like has won the pandemic, right? Um, having won both cups since the sort of beginning of it. Um, you know, the, the fact is, is that that also created a unequal sort of circumstances. And that's again, sort of where we're at as we navigate this, you know, hopefully once in a, once in a lifetime challenge. Sean from Waterloo texts in, uh, is Leaf Hater Steve transitioning to Leaf Lover Steve? Thanks to the Leafs continuing with their games running. You'll have to text in Leaf Hater Steve. I doubt it somehow. Uh, and Super D from the LBC says, Leaf Hater nailed it. I am starting not to care. I'm losing interest fast. I would rather no fans than no games. Brian and Richmond texted, Hey guys, UFC is thanking the NHL for less viewer competition. Instead of Hockey Night in Canada, I've been watching the UFC instead. Already planned and advanced uh, for the next big fight. That's from Brian in Richmond. And I, I like what Super D had to say there where I would rather have games with no fans than no games on the schedule. That's probably where I come down as well. And eventually, again, the NHL will get to that point because we've seen them already. We've seen them already play that card, right? They were so desperate to finish the schedule last year that we know the, you know, the kind of rigmarole they put the Flames and the Canucks through at the end of the season. We know the NHL is willing to go that route. It's just a question of when, because uh, you can't have, I mean, just literally, you cannot, if you want to play 82 games, keep having these 10 day gaps in a team schedule. You just, you run out of road really, really quickly. You do. And you know, the one thing, the one thing I'd just note about that is it's like when a team is pursuing a free agent, a UFA or whatever, and the, and the radio take is like, well, it's just money. It's just money. It's not yours. Comes from somewhere. It's like, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an easy take to have when you're not the guy cutting the checks or, or when you're not the guy who's, you know, uh, job or the size of their department depends in part on the revenue gain this season or if you're the player who owes b- a billion collectively to uh, owners for excess salary paid out during the pandemic that's being slowly taken from your paycheck in in the form of massive escrow payments withheld so you know i, I mean the stakeholder again it's a really complicated network of uh, balancing yeah. sort of public health business considerations and you know, I think we're getting pretty quickly to a point where they will run out of road to make the decision and we will have to see games played in front of an empty building. But man, I saw the tarps down at the ACC on Wednesday. It's the worst. It's not even called the ACC anymore. It's called the uh, Scotiabank Center. Yes. Um, And I was, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's so bad. There's nothing I want about that ever again. Like I I just, I hate it. It, You know what? You know what it feels like? It feels haunted. It's like ghoulish. <laughs> it yeah. like feels like a game is being played at the ruins of the Coliseum yeah. but without the tourist lines. Like it's just 
it's just the worst. Well, like, I was like Masai Ujiri taking in your raps, right? From the stands all yeah. by himself, like the Phantom of the Opera, just like isolated <laughs> there. You're like, what is going on, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but Masai Ujiri plays a mean organ. <laughs> hey, man, I wouldn't put it past him. Multi-talented. You mentioned, you know, you just kind of said the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the pandemic from an NHL perspective. I think that's a good point. And it got me thinking about the NHL and what difficult circumstances they've had to deal with in relation to all the other major professional sports leagues in North America. And that's there, there's a couple of reasons for that, right? One is because they have a significant chunk of their teams in a different country, right? They're the only team significantly spread between two countries in the continent. So that you know, creates all these hosts of challenges with cross-border travels and dealing with different, you know, regulatory and restrictions around around COVID. That's really challenging. But the other thing that we're seeing right now is how incredibly reliant they are on gate revenue relative to the other professional, major professional sports leagues in North America. There was a there was a stat going around earlier today on Twitter of the a hundred most watched live broadcasts, television broadcasts in the US last year, 75 of them were the NFL. Right, seventy-five of them were NFL games. Not not even just sports broadcasts, all television broadcasts. So if you're the NFL, I mean, first of all, because of you know their their outdoors and all that, you don't even have to consider playing games without fans in the stands. But even if you did, you're fine because you make all of your money on t- on TV. And of course, the NHL they do very well on TV in Canada, and they've got the new deals with Turner and with ESPN, and that's great. But this is still a league that is heavily reliant on getting fans in the stands, getting them buying merchandise, getting them all of that revenue stream, much more so than other leagues. And I think that's something that's really coming to the front here too, right? Where they like, it's a major, major crisis if they have to play, you know, 20% of their games or something without fans in the stands. Well, yeah, for sure. And, and the Canadian gate revenue matters the most, right? And the Canadian television revenue matters the most proportionally, right? Yep. And those are the games that are toughest to navigate because the Canadian government has approached this pandemic so differently than the southern neighbors. So than our southern neighbors. So yeah, it becomes a very very tricky balance for the league to strike, and and I think we're seeing that. And I think that's also a key part of what's driving the bet that the league is making to buy themselves time. Right? Is you know hopefully hopefully what we see is similar to what we've seen in England, right? And and similar to what we've yep. seen in South Africa, where case numbers are untethered, as it were, from ultimate uh, ICU capacity and, and deaths, and, and that, you know, things begin to go back to normal in spite of, um, you know, the the wave that we're all enduring at the moment. But, I mean, we, we're not going to know that for a couple of weeks, and I, I'd expect a variety of policy choices to inform that. And, and lastly, you know, uh, Bonnie Henry had some interesting comments today, sort of implying that, um, you know, that the, the way that the public health authorities in British Columbia are sort of approaching this, uh, you know, it, it's kind of going to be on individual businesses to chart a safe course forward for their customers. And that includes the Canucks. And so I, I do think we'll be able to see games with at least 50% going forward, yeah. uh, especially now that the Canucks are heading back on the road and don't have another scheduled home date for another, what is it, two weeks, the 21st? Yes, exactly. So, uh, I mean, they, they are buying themselves a lot of time by simply uh, scuppering today's game. I, I'm really hopeful that their bet pays off. 
Yeah, and we have a text coming in here saying uh, from Eric in Vancouver saying, is the decision to not play because of gate revenue made by Canucks ownership or is it made by the NHL? And I'll just read you the statement that the Canucks released uh, about 11 o'clock this morning. They said the National Hockey League had t- announced today that the Vancouver Canucks game versus the Ottawa Senators on January 8th has been postponed due to current attendance restrictions uh, caused by the significant increases in COVID-19 cases in BC. The decision was made proactively following consultation between the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks, and BC's provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry. So they were consulted in the decision, right? This wasn't, or, or at least that's what the NHL and the Canucks are saying, is that this was made in consultation by three parties, the league, the team, and the provincial health authorities. Now, what was the Canucks' position? Who knows? But as you as you said, BC's stance is now kind of allowing businesses to have more of a voice in these things. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's a huge shock that the Canucks wanted to make sure that they could play games in front of fans. I mean, that's... I'm sure that was their deep. Like, f- is it fair to say that Vancouver, the the Canucks organization, would prefer to have fans in the stands? Yes, of course they would. Sh- yes. Shocker for for a number of reasons. But I do believe that this was a collaborative decision. I do believe too that the Canucks is uh, and the provincial health authorities and the NHL's decision to uh, postpone this game, um, you know, did have a lot to do with with attendance numbers. Um, you know, in contrast with the games that are going ahead this weekend, uh, you know, both at Rogers Arena and at, at the Abbotsford Center. And lastly, I do think that the NHL would have um, reacted quite differently if the Senators and the Kraken had played earlier this week, right? I think it would have been a uh, dramatic upheaval to their ability to get in another Canucks home game against the Ottawa Senators had that game gone on. The fact that it wasn't, the fact that it wasn't played, I do think gave some flexibility to take this route. I really appreciate all the feedback from listeners. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Keep getting your texts in. Final few minutes of the show. Uh, as mentioned, a couple of other updates from Bruce Boudreaux when he spoke to the media earlier today. One of them, we had reported yesterday, he had said yesterday that he was expecting to get Brock Besser, as well as Phil DiGiuseppe, I believe, back on the ice today. Now, the team didn't skate but Boudreaux also expressed a little bit of doubt as to whether or not Besser would be able to practice with the team tomorrow. Their plan right now is to practice tomorrow, fly on Sunday, and then get a practice in on the road on Monday before they play on Tuesday, which is when their next scheduled game is. So that's one little tidbit of information that's worth keeping an eye on. And the other one, Travis Hamanick, apparently, according to Coach Bruce Boudreaux, has had a setback as he tries to return from injury and not sure whether Hamannick will skate tomorrow or go on the road trip with the Vancouver Canucks. And man, the Travis Hamannick situation. Saga. (laughs) The saga, that's a good way to put it. It just continues to develop. Still stuck on nine games for the team. And at a certain point, you know, until we get more clarity on the injury status, it, it just feels like you almost have to prepare not not for the rest of the season that he's not going to be in the lineup. It's too early to say that, but you just kind of have to assume until we see otherwise He's not going to be a factor on the blue line. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he was healthy, would Pullman play the left side? Like, is that where we're at at this point? Would Would you take Pullman out Pullman for him? out. Because you're not taking Myers not, out. And, and you're not, not taking, taking Shen out. No. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's a loss, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how big an impact it has right now, considering how the other right side defensemen are playing. Hopefully he gets healthy and is able to rejoin the team shortly. Still under contract for the following season. <laughs> well, and has a big signing bonus, right? I <laughs> yes. mean, no, it's uh, it, it, you know, the some of the <laughs> it's an interesting thing because 
the Canucks signed five right-handed defensemen on uh, the day, first day of free agency, and yep. it's like the most modest bets among them. Burroughs and Shen. Shen have paid off in spades. I think Brady Keeper would have too, by the way, if Brady Keeper had stayed healthy. He really would have been a guy who could add bite, and I think his instincts would have been a good compliment, and I'm sure we would have gotten a chance to see it with Quinn Hughes. Um, but, you know, the the two guys at the top of that, the $5.5 million to, to Pullman and Hamannick, I don't think we'll look back at that as, as money well spent. Yeah, I don't think so uh, as well. I think that's very, very fair to say. Uh, unsigned text comes in saying it's one game, but it's one important game due to the fact that they haven't played and are going on their toughest road trip of the season. Yeah, They should have played this this one game, whether in front of fans or not. This one decision could be crippling to the Canucks playoff chances, and I wouldn't go as far as that, but we started off the show by saying it's undeniably a massive missed opportunity for the team to get back on the ice, get their legs under them a little bit. Yeah, they've been having these, you know, or they've been trying to have these very up-tempo kind of grueling practices to work on their conditioning, but there's no replacing the real thing, right? You're never going to get the same effect as if you're actually playing games. And as we said, it's uh, the way that this road trip sets up, it's probably literally as challenging a road trip as you could have in the NHL for a West Coast you know, Pacific for anyone, team. for anyone. These are four of the right. top when, six teams when you factor in the, in the travel yeah. as well is what I totally mean, right. The fact that you're going all the way across the continent, you're changing time zones, all of that. In it's, fact, you probably can't fly there directly. I'd bet I'd bet the flight to Florida, the charter has to stop in like Nebraska or something to refuel. That's how far they're going. I'm not kidding, by the way. Teams you, do that. You would know. I would know. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah, done the absolutely. I've done the Florida to Western Canada trip before and you you land in Omaha. You know, I've been in Nebraska for five minutes to refuel. That happened. Um, no, uh, to use one of my favorite watch, watch words, right? This is about as high leverage a postponement as you could have from a Canucks purely on ice perspective. Yeah. Considering it's, you know, it's not as if it's a, a four point game against a team they're chasing in the playoffs or anything like that. But man, did this team need a game. Oh, man, did so they badly. just need to get a chance to reignite those vibes, reestablish that momentum before they go reignite, down. The, reignite vibes. the vibes. Yeah. That and, makes sense. And with right? that, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That's a thing people say, right? No. no not just me desperately not. flailing at the end of a <laughs> at the end of a show. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of desperately flailing, uh, we will be back on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, even though there are no Canucks games, and we will start to really dive in to that treacherous road trip for the Vancouver Canucks on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've got it on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.